Blog Talk Radio. We believe in the American way, and we built this country called the USA, and we fly our flag because we're proud and free, we're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life. Never back down from a challenge or a fight. Nature provides, God gives the rights, we're Americans. Make up America, but it's amazing America. Welcome to our Convention of States podcast, That Provident Article. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the United States Constitution, the amending provision, with a general view on the phrase Convention for Proposing Amendments and specific focus on the Convention of States project. My name is Paul Hodson. I am the co-director here in the great state of Texas. Each week we meet to educate ourselves on Article 5 to promote the Convention of States project and its use of Article 5 to reign in our federal government. For more information regarding the Convention of States project, I invite you to visit www.conventionofstates.com. Later in the show, if opportunity allows, our call-in number is 914-205-5632. Further contact information is available at blogtalkradio.com for that Provident article. We want to thank Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band, endorsers of the Convention of States project, for the use of all the music here on our episodes of That Provident Article. Please visit their website at www.madisonrising.com. And a quick review as we begin our show, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution is available there in full on blogtalkradio.com on our site. We particularly look at that phrase, Convention for Proposing Amendments, as initiated by the applications of two-thirds of the state's legislatures. And we want to point out the subject matter of our application at the Convention of States. Three points. Impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. And welcome this February 20th morning. Welcome to the Convention of States podcast, that Provident article. I'm Paul Hudson. And we are going to begin right away with the Convention of States news this past week. Again, we remind you to check out the Convention of States news blog, www.conventionofstates.com backslash news blog. This past week, we had a, a couple of another couple of big wins. The Virginia House of Delegates has approved this Convention of States resolution by a vote of 54 to 47. And the Arizona House of Representatives has also passed the Convention of States resolution by a vote of 31 to 26. Those states will move on to their, their next house through various committee meetings and then possibly on to four votes as well. Certainly our hope and our prayers are for that. So the current status this year, we have passed in full, uh, including the previous years, five states now. In 2016, we have passed in committee in five states. We have passed in one chamber in five states. And we have 28 states which are in process at the moment, either pre-file, ready to pre-file their application, have already filed, and some states are already have, have been carrying over their application uh, in process from previous session last year. And this coming week, some, uh, some activity coming up. Kansas will have a floor vote on Monday, and Nebraska, the Nebraska Senate, we believe, is going to vote on Tuesday. And for Nebraska, as a unicameral house, that vote will be the final vote, which could put 
Nebraska as state number six in support of the Convention of States. And that's all we're going to do for news. We want to have a lot of time for both presentation and possibly phone calls this coming week. And our presentation is actually going to deal with a news story from the past week. It occurred on Saturday afternoon last week, uh, February 13th, as that Provident article had already finished our broadcast. Justice Antonin Scalia had passed away, and that has sent shockwaves, and there's been a ripple effect throughout the, the politics of our nation, throughout uh, our, our government, and of course we've got the Republicans and Democrats going back and forth discussing what that means. Also been some great discussion and, and debate and discourse on what Justice Antonin Scalia meant to the Supreme Court, his views of the Constitution, the idea of being an originalist, uh, somebody who stuck to the original intent or meaning of the, the words of the Constitution. We want to look at, at several aspects, and we're going to look at Justice Scalia uh, as he approached in his ideas on a, a limited convention, a convention of states. Uh, we will hear the phrase that he used at times, a constitutional convention. Uh, both his opponents and pro both our proponents and opponents of a convention of states quote Justice Scalia. We're going to look at, at those various quotes from both sides and reconcile those, and then and we're going to wrap up by discussing what his death actually means and and what that has brought to light about the state of affairs here in our federal government. So the first slide we have for our presentation deals with a, a speech and actually a forum which Professor Scalia at the time, this was May 23rd, 1979, and Professor Scalia, a, a law professor, a constitutional professor, at a forum at the American Enterprise Institute, and this forum was debating and discussing the idea of a what they called a limited constitutional convention. And, and just as a side note, if you remember... We've had past episodes on that Provident article discussing the phrase constitutional convention, and this is right in that area of time from, from the early to mid-70s, 1975 on, is when that phrase really came into vogue. We're going to talk about one of the people who brought that phrase into vogue, Richard Bovere, as as we discuss this forum, and it was commonly used. President Reagan used that term. That term was even used in the document we've referenced in a very, very early episode of that Provident article dealing with limited constitutional conventions. But we're going to let Justice Scalia speak for himself here on slide one. Several of the things which he said in there. First is a, a uh, question dealt with and dealing with uh, some of Richard Rovere's absurdities. And he, he deals with it this way. There is no reason not to interpret it to allow a limited call if that is what the states desire. But it is difficult to say absolutely that, con that the convention will behave that way. For this reason, I'm willing to acknowledge an iota of truth to Richard Rovere's absurdities. And Justice Scalia continues. I would like to put the whole thing in perspective, though, and tell why I am willing to risk those absurdities. I do not think there is in any way, is any way and I think Paul Bator, Paul Bator was another professor at the forum, would agree to avoid the risk entirely. I agree that what he says is the law, but somebody else may think otherwise. And even if it is the law, the convention may ignore it. But what is the alternative? The alternative is continuing with a system that provides no means of obtaining a constitutional amendment except through the kindness of the Congress, 
which has demonstrated that it will not propose amendments, no matter how generally desired, of certain types. End quote. So the argument which Justice Scalia brings here is that even this uh, this opponent, Richard Rovere, and we'll discuss him here a little bit more in a, in a moment as to what those absurdities are, even though he brings about this concern and this fear of what can happen if you open up the Constitution that runs away, Justice Scalia argues, just from a practical perspective, that gives us no alternative, which of course was the framers' intent. There needed to be an alternative if Congress was not going to show kindness, as Justice Scalia said, or show us favor to propose amendments we need. The big issue at that time in 1979 was the balanced budget amendment. The people wanted it. The states were moving towards it in calling an Article 5 convention. And that's one of the reasons this forum was being held. On to slide number two, another quote from Justice Scalia. Congress could have resolved many of these questions pertaining to a convention long ago. It could have provided an amendment by the normal amending process saying that, quote, limited, unquote, calls for conventions are proper. That would have eliminated all doubt. The Congress is not about to do that. It likes the existing confusion because that deters resort to the convention process. It does not want amending power to be anywhere but in its own hands, unquote. Very, very revealing as Justice Scalia gets inside the hearts and minds of Congress, even though this is 37 years ago in 1979, several things he states. The only way you can actually put more constraint upon the Article 5 process itself is with an amendment to the Constitution, not writing some bill or legislation, because the Constitution deals with structure, and we'll discuss that in a few moments as well. He states that Congress could have done that through the normal amendment process, put some more specific language in, but they aren't about to do that. Why? Because they want that power to be in their own hands. This is the exact same argument we have today. It was true then. It's true now. Understand who is fighting this, and, and we'll see where this came from in a moment, who has been fighting it all along, and where the arguments will lead if those who oppose us on the conservative side join our ranks, this is where the arguments would end up being. And that's why we had to slide three here. The, the original question being posed, Professor Scalia, Richard Rovere in The New Yorker suggested that the convention method of amendment might reinstate segregation and even slavery, throw out much or all of the Bill of Rights, eliminate the 14th Amendment's due process clause, reverse any Supreme Court decision the members didn't like, and perhaps for good measure, eliminate the Supreme Court itself. Now, what would you anticipate from an unlimited convention? So that's his question to Professor Scalia. Professor Scalia's answer? I suppose it might even pass a bill of attainder to hang Richard Rivera. Scalia's wonderful uh, wit and humor coming in right away there back in 1979. He continues his answer. All those things are possible, I suppose, just as it is possible that the Congress tomorrow night pass a law abolishing Social Security as the next day, as of the next day, or eliminating Christmas. Such things are possible, remotely possible. I have no fear that such extreme proposals would come out of a con constitutional convention. Surely, whether that risk is sufficient to cause anyone to be opposed to a constitutional convention depends on how high we think the risk is, and how necessary we think the convention is. 
if we thought the Congress were not necessary for any other purpose, the risk that it might abolish Social Security would probably be enough to tell its members to go home, unquote. A lot of rich, rich statements in there, a lot of great wit, again, from Justice Scalia, Professor Scalia at the time. You know, he, he brings out those absurdities from Richard Rivera, and he compares them with us uh, and contrasts with some other absurdities that Congress may well as, as might as well do, do away with Social Security in one day. They could write an amendment that did that, would have to, of course, be ratified. They could eliminate Christmas. That, of course, would have to be ratified. Those are remotely possible. He doesn't fear them, and he then talks about that risk. How high do we think the risk is of, of the, and what he, again, he refers to as a constitutional convention. How necessary do we think the convention is? So you have to weigh that risk. What's the risk of having it? What's the risk of not having it? And today, of course, we discuss the, it's the myth of the runaway convention. It is a fact of a runaway Congress and a runaway federal government. That's something that we speak about a lot at the Convention of States team. So Justice Scalia, very, very clear back in 1979 where he stood on a constitutional convention. Slide number four. Now we get close to the present. Less than a year ago at the Federalist Society in Morristown, New Jersey, May 8, 2015, Scalia's fundamental argument during this speech was that our freedom comes from the Constitution specifically, not the Bill of Rights. And he argued that it is the structure provided by the Constitution which makes freedom possible. Here's a quote. Every tin-horn dictator in the world today, every president for life, has a Bill of Rights. That's not what makes us free. If it did, you would rather live in Zimbabwe. But you wouldn't want to live in most countries in the world that have a Bill of Rights. What has made us free is our Constitution. Think of the word constitution. It means structure. And Scalia continued, a constitution is about setting structure. It is not about writing the preferences of special interest groups, unquote. And again, Scalia, same, same speech. A constitutional convention is a horrible idea. That is not, this is not a good century to write a constitution, unquote. So here he's using the phrase, and I'm going to start from the, the end. Here he's using the phrase constitutional convention to discuss, he defines it right in that next sentence, a rewrite, a writing a, a whole constitution. Not a good century to do that. And why is that? Because of the entire political climate today. But we back up to his other discussion. The constitution is about structure. What is the convention of states application? It's applying restoring structure to the Constitution. What about Governor Abbott's Texas plan, which we had been discussing, we've been interrupted for, for several weeks going into the details of it, but Governor Abbott makes the, the case, he's talking about restoring the rule of law. What is restoring the rule of law? Restoring the structure of the Constitution, how that is the constraint. Not a Bill of Rights per se, even though the Bill of Rights is very important and our application would not touch those. Our application would touch some of the structural elements which have been broken down. And we're going to discuss that one specifically as we look now in slide five, the aftermath of Justice Scalia's death. What has been occurring here throughout the nation in the last week and the discussion and the, uh, the pontificators on various cable news networks and on radio talk shows and whatever. What we are learning is that the Supreme Court is the most important political institution in our nation. 
it is a branch of, a, and a branch of government that makes law is a political institution. And remember, the Supreme Court was not designed to be a political institution. It was just supposed to make rulings on whether something was or was not constitutional, did not fall within the realm of what had already been defined in the Constitution. But now we have the examples of what we would hear. The Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage. When you have language like that, that the Supreme Court has legalized something, that means they have basically made law. That is not their job as the, as the Constitution has been written. So what's the solution that we have or the solution that is available to reduce or eliminate the importance of the Supreme Court as a political solution? So to do this, what do you have to do? You have to change the structure. You have to amend the Constitution. That's exactly what we are attempting to do with our Convention of States application. Here are some examples of what you could do specifically dealing with the Supreme Court. You can give authority to the supermajority of states to vacate a ruling. There have been proposals where it's been 30 states or a two-thirds rule. Um, there have been uh, proposals on the flip side in which rather than vacating a ruling, make it give it a high bar before a ruling is actually accepted as being uh, uh, allowed and and that rule that uh, high bar has been as high as as three quarters I've seen make it as high as actually amending the Constitution through ratification since that's the way the Supreme Court wants to to deal with making rulings let's go ahead and and raise the bar that high kind of the same idea that Governor Abbott put in making if you want to make a ruling it takes three fourths of the justices rather than a simple majority this uh, Point I there I have under 3.b.i, giving the authority to a supermajority of states. This is actually fundamentally the idea of nullification and making making that explicit in the structure of the Constitution via an amendment. And it taking it, meaning the states have to, to bond together. They have to have a consensus to vacate a ruling. Or, on the other hand, if somebody wants to go and say to actually approve a ruling, a very high standard. Here's another solution, one which has been thrown out there by our own Mike Ferris. Have the states appoint the Supreme Court, and there's various ways this could be done. He has suggested uh, raising the number of members of the Supreme Court to 13 and then rotating that around, limiting their terms to four-year terms and having 13 states every four years bring in justices so that within 16 years, every state has been represented on the Supreme Court. It rotates around and you have the states having control through their own state legislatures as who gets appointed, or even if it's direct election. Again, to bring something like that about, you have to change the structure. You have to amend the Constitution. Our application provides for discussion on ideas and solutions like this. So in summary, slide six. Justice Scalia recognized the authority of a limited convention. He discussed that way back when he was a professor in 1979. He opposed a complete rewrite of the Constitution. He said that last year. We also oppose a rewrite of the Constitution. It's not provided for in the Constitution unless you actually opened Article 5 completely up in your application and said, we want to rewrite the entire Constitution. Justice Scalia emphasized the idea of the Constitution as providing the structure to our freedoms. It's not the Bill of Rights. It's not the specific freedoms as listed. It's the structure around those that give us that freedom. And then finally, the death of Justice Scalia has alerted many to just how precarious 
our remaining liberty hangs in the balance. And it is causing many to contemplate how we can restore the idea of the Constitution as structure and reducing the, the power of the Supreme Court and their functioning as a political institution. Let me share with you a story real quick that occurred last Saturday. I was on the phone. Uh, we, are, we are approaching the primary here in Texas, and we have some contested state representative races. And, of course, Convention of States, we are very interested in where many of our state legislatures or potential state legislators are going to stand on Convention of States. And I was put in touch with uh, one, of the, uh, one of the candidates running for state representative who is currently opposed to us. But during this discussion, he revealed that uh, though opposed, he certainly contemplates and, and understands the idea behind it. Now, it was actually while I was on the phone with this uh, candidate, and as he was being driven to an event uh, in the Capitol in Austin, that the news of Justice Scalia's death came across. And it came across, uh, here's, uh, here's how I learned out about it, kind of third hand. The radio to his driver, and his driver speaking to the candidate, the candidate speaking to me, Justice Scalia has passed away. And his comment to me at the time, as he said, and we'd been discussing Convention of States and Article 5, he said, my driver just said, I may have to consider supporting an Article 5 COS. Understand what that means. We have people there who are fearful of the risk, but when they are faced with how precarious our liberty hangs in the balance just through one event, one person on the Supreme Court dying, another ruling being made by the Supreme Court as, as occurred multiple times last year and throughout the years. Uh, various attacks on our liberties, various times which the executive administration has overstepped and Congress has refused to prevent that, that overreach and has just allowed it to occur. Over and over again, we see this and people are now beginning to come around to, the, to understand we have to fix this. It's a structural fix we need. We're going to have to consider doing it as we the people. It's exciting to hear. We, we've heard some stories from around the nation that there are some legislators who've actually, uh, state legislators who've actually changed their mind and have come to realize uh, they, it, this is basically a wake-up call. This is your opportunity. It is time now for you, state legislator, to take the authority, which the Constitution gives you in Article 5, to take that and to show the federal government that it is the states which made the federal government. It's not the other way around, and it is the federal government which answers to the states and ultimately to we the people. And, of course, we, uh, we finish. We have our, our attribution. I've, I gave you a link to an article that's on the Convention of States site about the, uh, the uncovered documents and the transcript. I, I tried to put the link in for the transcript. It was really long, and it overlaid a lot in that slide in slide seven, but the link is, is directly in the ad article on the Convention of State site, so that's what uh, attribute, uh, the attribution in number two for the transcript is. But uh, take an opportunity to read through that transcript. And then uh, our next slide, our last slide, slide eight, the Federalist Society, an article from the Daily Signal, and then uh, uh, a couple of, of um, articles written on, uh, on about Justice Scalia, one from last year, uh, dealing with the, the Constitutional Convention phrase and, and his agreeing that a Constitutional Convention is a bad idea. And then our own Mike Ferris discussing, uh, again, what, what this SCOTUS fight with the GOP and Obama really reveals about uh, what is going on in our nation and the need to restructure our Constitution so that this 
something like this would would not phase us if an event like this were to occur because we the people would have control at that point. So we're going to go ahead and go to the phones. Let me remind you again, our, our call-in line is 914-205-5632. We'd, lo- we'd love to have some calls this morning. 914-205-5632. We want to speak respectfully. So again, no foul language, no derogatory or defamatory remarks, no shouting or yelling. We want to keep to our subject. It's all things Convention of States related. We've covered so much. We, this is our 31st episode on that Provident article. We've, we've covered so many areas now. We can open it up to just about anything. But if you, specifically, if you want to discuss uh, Justice Scalia, if you want to have any discussion on the past several weeks on the Texas plan from Governor Abbott, we can be open to that. Uh, we want to encourage dialogue, which means pause and listen to each other. We aren't going to uh, talk over each other. We, we want to hear each other's point and then give the other person a chance to respond. Again, 914-205-5632. Okay, and we're now live here, ready to take calls. I don't see any calls queued up at the moment, 914-205-5632. We only have uh, several minutes left in the episode. Uh, I do hope that, that that was helpful to learn a little bit about Justice Scalia and his history, uh, even back in 1979 as a professor being addressing that question of having a, a limited constitutional convention as they referenced it back then. And those questions were swirling because of the big balanced budget amendment push back in the late 70s and into the early 80s. Next week, we hope to once again delve into the Texas plan, Governor Abbott's Texas plan. We'll look at the second item in his list. We covered Congress uh, several weeks ago, and then we're going to look at the second item, which is the executive branch, uh, the presidency and the executive branch, and the overreach there and the solutions provided in the Texas plan. I have nothing else this morning. Um, we are very busy here in Texas. We'll, we'll see how crazy it gets this coming week because uh, even though there's a primary in South Carolina today, um, next week we will be three days away from the the primary in Texas. We're actually in early voting already, and of course we are probably one of the big prizes for the GOP on uh, on March 1st. So things are going to be a little wild out here in Texas, but that that's all right. We're up for it. Um, we hope to hear you or, or hope you listen to us next week. Be ready to call in with any questions next week. For now, we're going to let Madison Rising play us out with the Star Spangled Banner. And thank you once again for listening to that Provident article. We appreciate your listening. My name is Paul Hudson. I'm the co-director here in Texas, the Convention of States Project. We want to thank Madison Rising for all the music that they provide here, our intro and outro. Go out to their website, www.madisonrising.com. We invite you also to go out to our Convention of States website, www.conventionofstates.com. We want to thank the Convention of States Project, Mark Meckler, Founder and President, Citizens for Self-Governance, Michael Ferris, Head of the Convention of States Project, and a big, big thank you to our entire Texas Convention of States team. And we invite you to join us again next week for another episode of That Provident Article.